Jesus is on his way somewhere. Meanwhile, there's a lawbreaker in the midst of the Jews. She's a woman with female issues. She is, according to the Mosaic law, she is unclean. She has broken the law. She should be isolated. This is what the Mosaic law demands. She has a flow of blood. She has a female problem. It's been this way for 12 years. This woman comes behind Jesus and she reaches to the hem of his garment. And in that moment, she encounters glory in the form of divine healing. She experiences the glory of God from his side. And Matthew 9.22 starts with some of the most profound theological words I've ever read in the New Testament. It says, but Jesus turned around. He wants to find the woman. Do you know why this woman does not instantly reveal herself? Because she is convinced Jesus will be upset. He'll reject me. He'll take me according to the law. How many Christians today are unwilling to return again, whether it's to church or to God's presence, because they're convinced there'll be judgment, there'll be condemnation, there'll be rejection, when in fact the opposite is true. Because of His grace and your small measure of faith, God is adamant and passionate about revealing His acceptance and approval to you. turned around. Isn't that amazing? We could have altar call. That's just an amazing, profound video. If you would, please take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter 9, verses 18 through 22. Matthew, Mark, and Luke record for us this remarkable, sudden interruption in the life of Jesus of the lady with the blood issue. You can almost see Jesus talking to John's disciples about fasting when a ruler approaches Jesus whose daughter has died. You see, Jesus was leaving with the ruler and suddenly bursting upon the scene is the woman whose faith is so uncharacteristic of our time. What did she do? She touched the hem of his garment. Let's take a moment today and open up our lives as the life of this woman, she's laid bare before us and allow her faith to challenge our faith. She allowed her faith to challenge our faith. This morning, you've probably said, oh, I know where pastor's going with this and he's probably going to talk about faith. Today, I... I titled the message, Turning Around Faith, A Touch Changed a Life. Maybe you've never really practiced faith in your daily walk. Maybe in your relationship with Jesus Christ, maybe your faith has wavered. I read on Facebook all the time and, and I hear comments that people are worried and so on and so forth. 
But I must tell you that we need to get back to where we're relying 100% on faith. Jesus Christ. Is He real this morning? Amen. Amen. Is He present this morning? Then we must believe that He is and who He is. I want to just start this morning with Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, and we're going to look into verse 18. And, And listen closely. It says, While he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter even is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood for twelve years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, now, I just have to stop, stop there. How many of you knew that this is the only reference in Scripture that he uses the word daughter? Isn't that amazing? He stopped and he said, Daughter. Can you imagine, in the midst of a crowd, that Jesus knew, and then he turned around and referenced daughter, almost... As if he knew her. There was this intimate connection that took place. So I just wanted to point that out. And he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the minstrels and the people making a noise, he said to them, give place for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when the people were put forth, He went in and took her by the hand, and the maid rose, and the fame hereof went abroad into all of the land. I'm going to show you something. Pastor Chris, would you please stand by the mic? Could you stand? Ron Jr., could you stand? And Butch, could you stand right where you're at? These are are men at four points of the room. Now, there's a crowd that's here. Let's look at them as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And as we talk about the Gospels today, what I'm going to show you is the perspective of each one of these men that saw something different. Now, we could probably say, Brother Mike, he might have plugged his ears. Maybe he didn't like who was singing around him. Where you could say, oh, I could just listen to my wife sing all day long. And and Butch could say, you know what? It's been a lot of activity over here. There's youth and so on and so forth. And Pastor Chris, because he was up in the praise team, could say, I saw a whole different perspective. So if I asked each and every one of you to write down what you saw and what you experienced today in church, how many of you would say would be very close but something different? That's kind of how the Gospels are. Thank you. You may be seated. That's how the Gospels are. And as we look at it today, I think about this. It said that here was a woman that went and touched the hem of Jesus' garment. Now, we know that it's a simple little story, but I'm going to try to make it somewhat, you know, uh, bring some depth to it today. But I love that in the scriptures, it said that Jesus was was already on his way to raise this young lady. But in the midst of it all, here was this young lady who was sick for 12 years. What you need to understand, and I'll touch base with just a little bit in the Mosaic Law, if, as it goes back in Leviticus, and I won't get ahead of myself, but what ends up happening is you are actually shunned. So for 12 years, can you imagine just the hardship that this woman faced? So we're not talking just about her menstruation. They're saying that it was an issue of blood. Something was wrong. 
Now, we're not going to get into depth on what could be the problem. But however, in Levitical law, it says that that person cannot be around anything or anybody. So, could you just imagine, already sick. So, which means if she can't go to the store, she can't work, then everything in her life is sick. Finances, emotions, physically, spiritually. Think about it. Everyone's together. There's a huge crowd. And she wants to be a part of what she has heard. And maybe from a distance, what she has seen. The supernatural. A healing take place. Well, this morning, I want to break down a little bit of what is faith. And how can we apply faith to our life? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you this morning. And Lord, we thank you for the word. Father, we pray that as we go into the word this morning, may it be simple. But Lord, may you help us to release some of the things that have hindered us from being as effective as we need to be. Lord, we thank you for the story. We thank you that, uh, Lord, we can reflect upon it in the Gospels and see the, the power of Almighty God. And so, Father, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, who came, walked as man, died on a cross, and paid a price for each and every one of us. Thank you for your word. Lord, help us to reflect upon it. In your name we pray. Amen. Point one, faith reflective of Jesus. We learned so much about faith from this woman. As we look into her faith, we see that her faith was reflective of who Jesus is. So I say this, faith is supernatural. The natural world scoffs at faith. Although Jesus was in the natural world, he also worked in the realm of the what? Of the supernatural. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 We know the verse, and if you're taking notes, I just have, I I love this verse. I I always want to say Acts 20, 24 is my life verse, but Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Wow. As we look into the Faith Hall of Fame, we realize that there's several different uh, stories and Uh, personal testimonies of what faith was in the Scripture. We won't go into it today, but it does proceed with, and it continues to follow on with verse number 6, that it says this, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He's a rewarder to them that diligently seek Him. Say this with me after I say, Faith affects the possessor. Let's say it together. Faith affects the possessor. Isn't it amazing? Faith does affect us if we allow it and we apply it to our life. Matthew 17, 20 says, And Jesus said unto them, Here he was, he was speaking to his disciples, If you have faith as of the grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall be, what? It shall be removed. And nothing shall be impossible unto you. So you're saying, well, pastor, how can you make this applicable to me this morning? If you're facing a problem that seems big and immovable like a mountain, turn your eyes from the mountain and look to Christ. Why do we need to look to him? For more faith. 
Only then will your work for him become useful and vibrant. So we continue. So here's this woman. She had, it, she had tried all the natural means of trying to be healed of the hemorrhaging of the womb she'd had for 12 years. Yet her mountain was so big until she decided to look to the healer. So we go over to Luke chapter 8, Matthew, Mark, Luke chapter 8. And it says in verse 43, And a woman having an issue of blood for 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any. Now, this isn't a message today to say you don't need to go to the doctor. I really believe in medicine. And I am thankful for medicine. Medicine is a good thing. And it's helped a lot of people. And so I know a lot of churches and people say, oh, where's your faith? And I'm not handling rattlesnakes today. So, okay, I'm, I'm smarter than that. But where is your faith? And so reality is this. It said here, she'd spent all of her living, all of her money, everything that she had to try to get better, to be healed. It says also in Mark chapter 5, verses 25 and 26, And a certain woman which had an issue of blood for 12 years, which had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. Now, the book that the Jewish people would use, it was the rabbinical book, if I can even say it. To me, it was the Talmud. It was prescribed some leaven cures for hemorrhaging, but nothing worked. And so she was in despair. Having tried all her resources, she was left to the realm of what? The supernatural, of faith. In Jesus, she felt the sense of an all-conquering power, and she believed that he had the resources that could make her whole again. It was amazing because as I was studying this, I thought, I've got to go to the Talmud and see, you know, what would they prescribe for this? Why is it we don't go out there and rip bark off of a tree and just start eating it? I don't know. It just doesn't seem very tasteful to me. But, and, and, you know, as I was looking at that and what they prescribed for her, there was a lot of wine, a lot of ingredients with wine that they mixed with wine to, to bring healing. Unfortunately, uh, you know, the, the Bible says wine is good for the, what? For the stomach. And so we, we know that there was healing elements that were in it. And so, you know, as I looked at this, I thought it was amazing because she did try to use all of the resources that she had. But the one greatest resource was this, her faith, knowing that she could be healed. How many of you, honestly, in a group of people, God already knows your heart. Do you deal sometimes, have a problem sometimes with your faith? I do. You know, you, you, you go, you kneel, and there's just that little bit of doubt. And it amazes me that as I looked at the scriptures and we go back to Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, if I were to bring a mustard seed up here, my wife has a necklace and it has a mustard seed in it. The thing's like a dot. It's, I mean, it's, it's like a breadcrumb. We don't have faith any longer. You see, in America, it's so much easier to just go get what we need. See, we can buy it. And you really start to see people's faith increase when you start to see hardship in their life. Rather, it's emotional, financial, spiritual, physical. Then all of a sudden, there are needs. This past week, I know that even in, in my journey of, of the week and, and the activities of the week, I received three different uh, 
prayer requests. Wouldn't it be great just to say, Father, you know what? I have faith as the grain of mustard seed. And I'm going to apply it to my life today. I'm going to see some great things take place. But I want you to notice that as, as we continue to move, I love what it says this. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me and in heaven and in earth. Matthew twenty-eight eighteen. So you see, all resources are available for you if you'll just believe. It's difficult for us to believe. Because most of us would say, I have never seen an answer to prayer. Matter of fact, I have never seen the power of Almighty God. Well, I want you to know that there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Her faith allowed her to discover those resources that are available, who? Through Jesus Christ. And we're going to learn today in the movie from the Son of God. She believed with all her heart that somehow these resources of healing were for her. And even though she was unimportant and obscure, she wanted his help. Two things that bring men and women to Jesus Christ. Listen closely. They are deep felt personal need. And then genuine faith. And I have to say in this story, I noticed that she had both of them. And the scripture says she was then acceptable unto the Lord. No barriers to his love. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 8. Faith knows no barriers. To place barriers upon our faith is really not faith, but sight. As this woman approached Jesus, there were no barriers to hinder her from loving her. The woman's need was private, and Jesus would understand that. It is his love that we want when the world says, leave us alone. And friends, some even Christians can coldly say, you think you have problems? Jesus loves and cares like no one else. His love draws all men to himself. Many barriers had been placed upon her life because of her condition. She lived and understood barriers, but her condition and state was no barrier for Jesus. His love transcends all boundaries and barriers in life. Do you hear me? His love transcends all boundaries and barriers in life. Not even the barrier of believing she would interrupt Jesus stopped her. The interruption, although it was unplanned, became an opportunity for her to experience The love of Jesus. It amazes me that every time I think of this story, I think it was already premeditated. God knew her heart before she even appeared there. Can you imagine? You were not to sit where she sat. You were not to eat from the same utensils. You were not to be in her home. She was alienated. No communication. But yet, in the midst of that crowd, as Jesus was performing miracles, she made herself, or I could say weasel herself, in in between everybody, just to touch the hem of his garment. No person in need ever interfered with Jesus' ministry, even today. Her faith reflects the goodness of Jesus, for it is his goodness that turns our problems into occasions for what? For hope. There is in Christ, even in the darkest of days, reason for hope. 
He has the power to fill each life on earth with what? With hope and with light. This woman believed this and thus experienced it. I love the old hymn. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. Here's what I love about verse 3 of that song. It said, Just as I am, though tossed about, with many of conflict, many a doubt, fightings within and fears without, O Lamb of God, I come. I come. This woman's faith also brings us to another fact of faith. Faith to come just as she was. We can go to Jesus just as we are. This woman had no other choice but to come to Jesus just as she was a sinner. Have you guys noticed throughout Scripture, even as uh, Diana was singing about the man and he healed him, the withered hand, it said, your sins are forgiven you. They always come as sinners, but he also wants to cleanse the sinner. That's what's wonderful throughout Scripture. Through all her means of trying to be healed with no success, she now turned to Jesus as she was. According to the Levitical law, she was unclean. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and read this. We don't have to turn there, but Leviticus 15, 25 through 27 says this. When a woman has an issue of blood for many days at a time, her separation or her menstruation or has an issue that continues beyond her separation, she will be unclean as long as she has the issue, just in the days of her menstruation. Can you believe I'm talking about that here in the pulpit today? This is different. Any bed she lies in while her issue contains will be unclean, as is her bed during her monthly cycle. And anything she sits on will also be unclean, as during her cycle. This is Old Testament, and I, I want to point this out to you for a lot of reasons. Whoever touches them will be unclean. He must wash his clothes and bathe with water, and he will be unclean till evening. Now, here's what it says. Not only a woman, but also a male. Men and women, no matter what illness you have, if you were unclean, you are to be alienated, almost like leprosy. For 12 long years, this woman had no life. She was not allowed to take part in worship or any of the festivities or festivals that took place. She could not visit with neighbors, sit with friends, in fear she might make them unclean. Even family life was to be lived at a distance. She was looking and longing to have what? Her life back. How many of you would say after alienation one year you want to have your life back? We'd all say that's something we'd all cry out for. And then we notice here's the great step of faith about this lady. What if Jesus refused to see her? What if? I believe she thought of this and then sought to only touch the hem of his garment without even being noticed from people. She came to Jesus by faith to be healed. We've gathered the notion that we must somehow first make things right in our own lives. Or clean ourselves up and even make ourselves worthy before coming to Jesus. 
But he calls for us to come to him just as we are. And by our faith, we are ushered into his presence to receive his love, his touch of healing. It is his touch that makes all of us whole. It was an action. You see, I love that even in the scripture, as it says, in the midst of a crowd, in the midst of a mob, and I will tell you this, had I had all four of these guys stand up and all of you stand up, you probably wouldn't have been able to see because some of you are six foot tall and other ones are four foot five. So you can't see people and see around them and so on and so forth. So you're going to get a different perspective. So she thought because of everybody that was there that I'm going to just find my place in there. Isn't that just like us? In our sinful state, we come to a place in our own walk, in our own relationship with Jesus Christ. Sometimes in the midst of the crowd... We think that, you know, maybe he won't see us. So her step of faith was really this, reaching out and just touching. But I also think she could have been trampled on. She could have been made a spectacle. What if, just what if she wouldn't have been healed? What would have the rest of the story been? See, she realized in the supernatural that here's what's going to take place. My faith is going to be increased. Can you imagine spending 12 years by yourself Twelve years praying, twelve years pleading and begging God to heal you. But it takes an action. It's not just lip service. You have to believe it. You have to receive it. And God will do an amazing work. I gave this story back, and God keeps bringing this story back to mind. But, and I, I remember back when I was in Mexico on a missions trip, and I was just a young man, because some of you could say, but you're a pastor. Uh, Todd, you've, you've done that your whole life. Life is faith for you. Well, it is, but it still doesn't change the fact just how powerful God is and what faith is. But I remember being down there, and, and me and this other guy were, were door knocking and spreading the gospel. And inviting people to church. And I'll never forget hearing these German shepherds and dogs and whatever these monsters were that were coming after us. I knew they were slobbering and they were going to eat me alive and it was done over with. I'd never make it back to the States. My parents were going to have to bury me there. It was going to be a sad story. I only had one thing to do. That was either face my fear or run like a wild man and scream like a girl. That's all I figured. I knew that was going to be that was the only two choices I had. So I stopped and I turned around and I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, stop. And that pack of dogs stopped in their steps. There wasn't any movement. I was sweating to death, about passed out. I was probably the only one going to move. And I looked to the guy next to me and I said, let's go. He goes, I said, yep, we're going to walk right through those dogs. And we walked off that porch, walked through those dogs. You see, there's power in his name. There's power in the blood. There's power in who Jesus is. That might be something simple, but I always try to, to reference for some of you youth who say, you know, God's not real. You know, you're questioning and you're saying, who is he in my life? How can I practice it? But I have to tell you that he's real. And I've seen him real. And I didn't walk off that porch going, uh, let's sing zippity-doo-dah. No, I got off that porch and I was thinking, Jesus, right past those dogs. I'm like, do not turn around. You know, but we realized that was faith and that there is power in the name of God. 
Last point, faith to make contact. Is our faith strong enough to allow us to make the contact? Again, we are helped by this woman's faith. Her faith would not allow her to do anything but make contact. You see, the single thought on her mind and lips was to get close enough to Jesus to do what? To touch the hem of his garment. What would have happened if I would have said to that young man and he's like, okay, they're eating us alive. That didn't work. I knew that I needed to do something in the name of Jesus or I'm not kidding. We'd have been ate up. I know that when my wife came to me a year ago and said, something's wrong with my stomach. Will you lay hands on me? God already started healing her. And she dealt with this pain for several days. And so I laid hands on her and I prayed and we believed that God would heal her. And it was within, how long, minutes, that God healed her. But it was her faith that made her whole immediately. You see, God wants us to do something. And it doesn't mean that we have to write a book and, and, and tell a million people. He just wants to be real just between you and him. That's it. And so we realize that faith was there and she had to make contact. Matthew chapter 9, verse 21 says, She said to herself, If I may just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be whole. If I can just touch him, I'll be whole. Think about this. She already said to herself, she premeditated, If I can just touch him, if I can, you know, squeeze myself in between them, I'll be whole. Faith will become real to me. I know, that's all I need to do. I can't even imagine what took place in the midst of all those people. Do you think in that small town they knew who she was? I would think so. They probably knew. Think about it. If she'd been in isolation for how long? Twelve long years. When she touched it, it was as if time stood still. It's kind of like watching a movie and it's freeze frame. We're not talking about the song from the 80s, but we're talking about... I know you all just went there, right? But we're talking about all of a sudden... We've watched movies and things become very slow. And suddenly, that picture stopped. And all we were doing here, and all we noticed was us just looking at that one scene. And it's that scene there. Where she reached out and she just touched the hem of his garment. The extraordinary and the movingly beautiful thing about this scene is that all at once, amidst the crowd, Jesus halted. He stopped. And for the moment, it seemed that for him, no one but that woman and nothing but her existed. She was not simply a poor woman lost in the crowd. She was someone to whom Jesus gave the whole of himself. Through her making contact, the touching of the hem of his garment, she was made well. Mark chapter 5, verse 29 says this, And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague, of that disease. So how do we make contact? How is it as Christians do we make contact with him? By faith. We do not need to study theology or even hear a sermon preached. We simply need to reach out by faith to Jesus Christ. We must learn to touch Jesus where we are. 
in our affections, in our weaknesses, in our afflictions, in our strengths, we must learn to reach out and allow him to touch with his healing touch. And then I conclude. And this is the greatest part to this message. And I want you to see the picture. Because it reminds me of myself and my relationship with him. I ask myself the question as I asked it as we started this morning. Where's your faith? Where are you at with your faith? Are you still trying to live the practicality of man? Some of you are dealing with issues in your life that plague you and have plagued you for years. The same old problems, the same trials, the same tribulations, the same addictions, the same habitual lies, the same deceit. But you need to be free. I believe that the problem that you've been dealing with is you've been trying to deal with this on your own. Your own effort. Only to find that the flow is still there. That the plague is still there. It's time to exhibit faith that is supernatural. And come to Jesus just as you are. To make contact with Him. Why? So that He can heal you. Make the conscious decision to come to Jesus. Now listen. Quit trying to improve yourself. And come to Him just as as you are. Say this with me. I can't do it on my own. I need faith. Faith in Jesus. So we start to notice here. Here's what she did. She said, I'm going to give up. I'm going to give in. And I'm going to let Jesus heal me. To touch the hem of His garment, we simply come just as we are. And faith believing He can touch us back. Listen, He already knows you're a sinner. He went to the cross for you. Just as He knew the woman with this rare blood issue was too. But here's the greatest part to this story. And I want you to notice it. It says in Matthew chapter 9, verse 22... But Jesus turned. But Jesus turned. And he said, Thy faith hath made thee whole. If we flip over to Mark chapter 5, verse 30, he says, Jesus, knowing within himself the power, the virtue, had gone out of him, it said he stopped and he turned. And then we notice in Luke 8, 45, Jesus said, Who touched me? I perceive the power is gone out of me. He said, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. Just stop for just a minute. In our sinful state, no matter where you're at, I don't know your journey. I don't know what you're going through. But just one turn from God can change your whole life. Just knowing that that one look could change. And I love that as she secretly, privately, humbly found herself 
at a place where she said, I can't do this any longer. I've tried every method. I've gone to the doctor. I've done everything I can. I need to find Jesus. I heard he's the son of God. How amazing was it that as I said last week, as we gave a reflection of who we are in our life, that at that moment, there was truly a reflection of who Jesus was. And she realized within herself the sinner that she was. And it says in Scripture that He became sin for us who what? Knew no sin. And I believe that's why immediately the power had left Him. And a miraculous healing took place. He said this to her. Go in peace. Could you imagine how many of you want to experience peace in your life? All of us. We've we've been dealing with so much junk in our trunk that we just need to have faith to let God and let go and allow Him to change us. You see, this woman stretched out her hand, reached out by faith and was healed. Sometimes we believe our problems will keep us from God. But you see, He's always there ready to help us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. We should never allow our fear to keep us from approaching Him. Jesus said her faith caused the cure. Genuine faith involves action. Faith that isn't put into action is not faith at all. We must have faith. We have to have faith. People are going to church because it's their religious responsibility. It's works. Well, this morning, I want you to lay it on the altar. If you've been struggling with something in your life and you need prayer, I'd be happy to anoint you with oil and lay hands on you and pray for you this morning. But your faith starts with you right in the seat where you're at. I want a church that's faith-filled, that's God-filled, that's spirit-filled, that's miracle-filled. People lost sight all around you. Why? Because they don't see or have they ever experienced the power and presence of Almighty God. She sensed that power. That's the power I want. I don't want when I reach out to God and I, I beg and I plead, God, I need your help. For Him not, even, not to even notice that I've touched Him. Or better yet, I don't want Him to walk away. I want Him to turn around and say, I know who you are, Todd. Today's your day of healing. You've been faithful. You've been obedient. I know you by name. And I really believe that this woman, as we've heard the story, and we make reference in all of our scriptures just about this wonderful uh, miracle that took place. But what I want you to see was that the power left Jesus, went into her, and she was made whole. Now she can live a life. Do you think it stopped there? No, they went in. She probably followed the crowd. Everybody had a big party and a celebration and a festivity because she was now able to embrace her family. Maybe her parents, siblings, where she's never been had the opportunity to do that before. I leave you with this final thought.
Sometimes we are tempted to give up on people or situations that have not changed for many years. God cannot change what seems unchangeable. Giving you purpose and hope, Jesus can and will change and restore you if you will let Him. Give up, give in, and let Jesus get a hold of your life. Come just as you are. Christ wants to do the impossible in your life. Isn't that the privilege of knowing who Jesus is? This morning, I started preaching. And I know that the Lord's been dealing on your heart. Well, this is your day of healing. This is your day of recovery, of breakthrough. What is it you've been struggling with? We're going to sing a medley. Come just as you are. And as the praise team comes and... We go to the Lord in prayer. I love, and I highlighted it in my Bible, and I hope you did it in yours, where it said that Jesus turned. I always saw the the great story there that says, and she reached out and touched the hem of his garment, and she was changed. But I just love that Jesus knew who she was. Does he know who you are? If you need to come today because you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, one, admit you're a sinner. Believe on the name of Jesus Christ and confess. You have a place in eternity with Him. And maybe today you've been dealing with some, maybe some adversity in your own life, some pain that you need to give to God. Well, today's your day. Maybe you need to come and be baptized to walk in the newness of life. Today is your breakthrough. Let's all stand as we pray. Father, we come to you, Lord, and we're grateful, Lord, for your word. We're grateful that we could come just as we are. Lord, thank you for the one touch, that healing touch that changed us forever. Lord, we're thankful for that that one touch that even changed that young woman. Lord, help us. In these next few moments, Lord, just to know that, Lord, you want to do something real. And Lord, increase our faith. As you increase, we'll decrease. Lord, help us to walk in your ways. God, we thank you for your word. And Lord, when we come to you, may you turn around and know who we are. Lord, thank you. Lord, may you be praised. In Jesus' name, amen.